lovely, our guy. That's one way to describe our friend, Mr. Eric Nathan. We're going to get to the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Here he is, our guy, Barstool Nate. What up, Nate Dog? How we doing, bud? My friends, how are you? I'm well. Uh, we are we are doing well down here. We're kind of getting past the combine, and, and, and B and I had a, a good discussion, I think, on how do you measure combine performance versus, versus actual on-field performance. Do you ever Have you ever thought about that, like what, what matters more to you? Oh, I love the combine because you take guys like Anthony Richardson who can't complete a pass in college, <laughs> and then he jumps higher, runs faster, does unbelievable shuttle times, this and that, and he becomes the number one pick in the entire draft because he's the most athletic human being in the world. But I, I love the way a Mitch Trubisky can move ahead of a Patrick Mahomes just based on combines. Um, sometimes it works. Like a Josh Allen, he threw from one end zone to the other, and it panned out for him. But usually you have a – and I love this guy, I'm about to say, a Darius Hayward Bay type of guy who moves into the top ten of a draft just based on the combine when you can look at the tape and say that's not a top ten pick. So, yeah, I, I, I love the way that – an offensive lineman has to run a 40 when that would never happen in his entire NFL career. And he can, if he runs, you know, a four, eight, nine, instead of a four, nine, five, he gets up into the first round instead of the third round. I think the combine is the best. What they should do is use it to enhance what you've seen on film. Of course. And, and, but when they just go, when the guy was not good on film, Mike Mamula. I like to bring that one up, RJ. That guy got and then nuts. He goes to the combine and runs a fast 40 time. So you draft him, I think, number six. Dude might have six sacks in his career. If yeah. that. But it's just like I think like some people get caught up in the hoopla of, oh, look at the 40 time. Look at the high. You know, like uh, Anthony Richardson. I like I, I think he has he has he's a raw player. That player, you could probably get him later, and then he can, if he's going to pan out, he pans out. But just because he did a backflip means absolutely nothing. <laughs> it, it, it's fantastic. And, and it, we can talk about hand size when a guy's thumb is a quarter inch smaller than what they expected. We can talk about when uh, I, it, it goes on and on. I think it's my favorite thing in the world when you have a guard who does the, you know, the third best broad jump in, in combine history and it's like ooh, could he make it into the first round now and it's just some like backup guard out of iowa i i cannot i i think the combine has some importance to it but i think we're on the same page that i i trust the scouts who pour over the tape and, and break down defenses and really understand football more than i think uh you know the 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 splits of the shuttle matter for, especially for like these non-skill position players. It, it just most seems irrelevant to me. I actually, this question, what do you think is the, the, of the combine? What's the most important thing you think they do? The interview by far. Bam. I, I That's think, what I was thinking myself. I, I'm always stunned and, and Beamish, you know about this better than I do. And I'm, but I'm always stunned when you see a guy get taken high up in the draft. I'm going to use the easy example, a Ryan leaf. 
And I always think, how did he do interviews and nobody sniffed that out? And if it was sniffed out and they just go, oh, he's young and immature, he'll improve, you know, he'll get better, he'll mature. But we see it every single year where a guy is a top 10, top 15 pick and they have the worst character. And it's like, how, how did this guy slip between the cracks? I think there are teams that are very good at interviewing. And then you have some franchises, some front offices that just don't care. They, they look at the player and they say, you know what, this guy's very good at football and they ignore everything else. I think a good franchise who does good interviews and like really, really, really cares about character and that type of thing, that goes a lot further than hand size. Uh, talking with our friend Barstool Nate here on the BetQL guest line. So we're talking combine and kind of the – there is value to it, right? I think especially for sure. smaller school guys or a guy like Terry McLaurin between the senior bowl and the combine really helped his draft status, showing the straight, straight line speed, the senior bowl showing that he had really worked on his hands, stuff like that. But – a lot of this stuff gets dramatically overblown. I was really intrigued on Anthony Richardson as a prospect, but I'm really not intrigued on Anthony Richardson as like a top five prospect. You know, like a lot of it becomes yeah. quite relative. An interesting discussion, though, that that I think will emerge, especially next week with free agency opening it up. What do you, Sam Howell, listen, the only thing anybody cared about at the Combine was what's going to happen with the sale of the Commanders. But if there was a secondary topic, if there was a secondary topic, it was, are they really going to roll with Sam Howell? And the answer is yes. He's really going to get this opportunity. They are, though, going to bring in a veteran quarterback. Probably a backup. Ideally, it's somebody that won't that Howell will beat out, both because you want Howell to be good and because they want to develop him. What a what is a uh, what is a barstool Nate ideal complimentary quarterback for Hal and and the answer might be Heineke I, I don't know what your answer will be. Um, oh gosh, I I want Hal to succeed. I I want him to be the guy, and I appreciate everybody on Twitter who goes, "Well, the previous year he was rated as a first rounder. He just you know he, he struggled a bit, so that he dropped to the fifth round." We've seen guys, you know, in mock drafts, and, and, and they're using the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays and the in mockdraft.com as their research for, oh, well, he was rated as a first-round pick the year before. Says who, first of all? And we, Malik Willis was rated as a first-round pick. You know, like we, every single year there is a guy who the, the people fall in love with and the pundits say this and that, that about. When it comes down to it, if he was a first-round pick, he would have been a first-round pick. He dropped to the fifth round. So I'm not ready to crown him and say, well, you know, we got a steal in the fifth round. If he was that good, I don't think 30 teams would have passed on him for five rounds. It's just that's not the way the NFL works. It's just absolutely not. And there's a reason that zero fifth-round picks have ever led their team to the Super Bowl. It's just as incomplete of a science as the NFL Six round led him is. to 10, though. Say that again? A sixth round led him to 10, though. Yeah, but, but that is one in a billion, and there'll never be another like it. So yeah, it's just it, – we, we could have struck gold. There is a chance. There is a chance that we struck gold and we have our franchise quarterback in Sam Howell. There's absolutely a chance. I'm not going to say there's 0%. What I am saying, though, is it's very unlikely, and we have to temper our expectations. And while I'm excited to watch him develop, we 100% need a backup plan. And I don't think that backup plan is Heineke. 
Now, there's two ways to go about this. Can I just pause you, it real quick before you get to the two ways, Nate? I yep. asked Nate, who is the right backup to Howell? Who is the right veteran to bring in? And he proceeded to just complain about Howell for three minutes because he's not a first-round draft pick. Is that it's accurate? Not complaining about him. It's about just managing expectations about him based on what you might have read on the internet about how good he might have been in one season at Carolina. Like, the, just because we read stuff on the internet doesn't mean I, I – tr- I don't think NFL GMs are fantastic at evaluation all the time. I think there is a reason no fifth-round pick quarterbacks have ever led a team to the Super Bowl. That's what I think. Okay, so back to the original question. Who is the type of quarterback you think they should pair up with Howell? It's tough because what is the difference between bringing in a Mariota and running with Howell? Are we really having that big of an improvement with one of these fringe starter backup types of guys. I don't think you know that answer. And, and that's what I think makes Howell intriguing is it makes him intriguing. Yeah. But, but my, the question for me would be this. If you're going to bring somebody in because you want him to win, are you really getting the best for the team? So you know, long story short, that's the question long, I would ask. Short, long JP to answer your question. Finally, I don't think it matters I because it. <laughs> I, the, the, the real answer is, Quarterback is so hard in the NFL. I don't think it matters what backup we bring in for Sam Howell because that means we're not making the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl anyway. If we have to go to one of these fringe backup starter type of guys like a Heineke, like a Mariota, whatever, what what does it matter who that next guy is? The, we're not going to win. I think the goal in the NFL is to make the playoffs, win the Super Bowl. We either have to get Lamar Jackson or we have to run with Howell. I don't care who the backup to Sam Howell is because if we go to that guy, the season's already lost. So, like, who cares? Like, name a guy, fine. I don't care. All right, but if that's the baseline, then why even have this season, right? Like, I, I, you're telling me the Seahawks fans didn't love the season they just had? You don't think sure. Giants fans loved the season they just had? Uh, but the Giants are building something there. If we are building, we have to go with Howell because that's all we have. Like, who? Name, name me a quarterback that you think is, we would bring in as a backup but not start ahead of Howell. That's what I'm confused about. If he's better, he should play. We should what always play the better Andy quarterback. Andy Dalton? What about Tyrod Taylor? I, I, I think Tyrod Baker would be Mayfield? the better quarterback to start. But the thing, I think, if they were to bring those guys in, my question, would it be – a fair try. I mean, battle. Are they? Or do they want Howell to be the guy so much that whoever you bring, they're going to be the backup anyway? If you want to bring in a Dalton, that, that is one that makes sense because I think where he's at in his career, he'd be comfortable enough being the mentor and this and that and, and helping the young guy out. I don't know for sure if he feels that way, though. He might. I mean, these guys are professional athletes. You compete your whole life. You have to be so disciplined and train so hard to get where they're at. It's really hard to get a guy like Dalton who's been to Pro Bowls, who's been to the playoffs, and say you're now the mentor of a fifth-round 22-year-old quarterback. He wants to start. He wants to compete. He wants to play. So you have to be positive with this backup you're bringing in that he doesn't want that starting job. And I don't. There, there's not many out there, if any, quarterbacks in the NFL – who aren't hungry to start. And if they're not hungry to start, B. Mitch, do you really want them on the team anyway? Nope. Do you want a guy who's complacent? How does that I don't work, think so. B? Because you've talked about this. I mean, 
hell, I can think of a few of them off the top of my head. Ricky Irvins, Reggie Brooks, guys that were drafted in a lot of ways to take your job. How do you handle that in the locker room, in the meeting room, in the position groups? You, it, it, When you're confident in what you're doing, you keep doing your job and you you act like that, like you're supposed to be. So my thing was, did I help them? Yes. But I never, ever felt like they were they were close to me. Not doing what I did. You know what I mean? So I think the ultimate thing is you have to have extreme confidence in yourself, but you also have to be smart enough to read the room. You know what I'm saying? They wanted both of those guys to run kicks or punts until they could get the chance. Well, both of them didn't catch the punts well, so that was out. So now they want them to be in the backfield. So you know what? Go to the backfield because I'm not letting this one go over here. Right. Point blank, you know. And But the thing of it is, if I would have never ever said, "Oh yeah, I'll show them how to do it," and I just sit on the side, right? You know, I'll and, show and them while I'm playing. Aaron Rodgers' big thing was he was like, "I'm not going to help Jordan Love. I don't need to be a mentor to Jordan Love because when he's starting at quarterback, I'm not going to be on the Packers anymore. So I, I don't need to build up my replacement. I need to play the best I can. I need to focus on myself. And you know, Jordan Love can learn from me while we're in the film room and this and that." But he, Aaron Rodgers, was like, I saw five more years in this league. I'm not here to help train the, the, the my replacement that the team just drafted. And I agree with Aaron Rodgers. I, I, it's not part of your contract. It's not part of your deal. You, you owe nothing to the Green Bay Packers. You sign a contract. You help them. They help you. That's the beginning and end of it. And, and I feel that I, I don't think any quarterback we bring in owes anything to Sam Howell. He's there to compete for the starting job. If, if that's what Ron Rivera wants. And, again, I don't want a guy who doesn't want to be in Washington to compete. So who do you want then? Because it, it, in, in, your, in your description, there may not be anybody. That, that's the thing. It, I mean, I want Lamar Jackson, and I know that sounds <laughs> crazy. I, I know, but it makes sense. Like, when you really think about it. How does that make sense? I don't, I, I don't think he wants to be in Baltimore. I, I don't think they're going to reach a deal. They could, but I don't. I personally, at this point, don't think they will. We need a quarterback. We have the cap room. Uh, he, he doesn't have to travel far, but he does. He leaves the division. He leaves the conference. It it all adds up. Like face of the franchise, he's still young. I, I don't think he's as injury prone as people make him out to be. I think it's the NFL and injuries happen. Um, I so if I may. I, I, I hear all your reasons, but none of those are specific reasons why it makes sense for Washington, I, unless you want to say the cap room. Because but they're we only have sitting not at like 17 mil on the cap room right now, so it's not we, like they have a ton. We have not had a quarterback in my 34 years of being alive, like, and that's what it boils down to. I'd rather take – Lamar Jackson tomorrow, if he signed with Washington, if we signed him, traded for him, whatever, he would be the best quarterback to play for Washington in my life. Better than, you know, uh, RG3 2012, better than Mark Brunel, better than Kirk Cousins, better than Gus Farad, better than Mark Sanchez, better Zero, than John Bass. There's we no argument about any of that. But I, guess, I, I suppose my question is, why would Lamar want to come here? It, it, we, have, we have weapons on both sides of the ball. We talked about this last week. We are a quarterback away from uh, being a Super Bowl contender, as are most teams in the NFL because it's so hard to get a good quarterback. But this team is set up on defense and with the weapons on offense at wide receiver and running back. 
and the offensive line needs a little improvement, but that's fine. Most offensive lines in the NFL do need improvement. This team is set up right now to win with a quarterback, especially like Lamar Jackson, who has every physical tool in the world, former MVP. We are immediately, if not the favorite out of the NFC, a top three favorite out of the NFC. It's just, it's that simple to me. This team has every weapon besides a quarterback to make it to a Super Bowl. What That's about, why he should come to Washington. What about? Yeah, give up a lot to get him, though. Yeah, like what okay. about? Okay. You gotta give up a lot, and you gotta, you gotta give up a lot, and you gotta spend some money. Then, well, how are you gonna get offensive line quick. for him? Then, I don't want. I hate hearing. Oh, you have to give a lot up a lot to get him. I hate that. We don't have a quarterback. We've never had a quarterback to win an NFL. You need a quarterback. That's why Mahomes gets paid five hundred million dollars to be the quarterback and to win Super Bowls. Give up everything for him. Give up the world for him. Give him equity in the team. It doesn't matter because we can't. We have to stop being scared of. But you, but you know what? Let me say this here, though. Like, like you say that you make that comment. Baltimore's defense was better than this defense is. Their running game was better than this running game is. He didn't take them and win the Super Bowl with them. What makes you think he's gonna just jump into this and change up everything and we automatically go to a Super Bowl? It it's hard. Mitch, to win a Super Bowl and NFL. There are many, many, many good quarterbacks who never do it. That's fine. It, sometimes, it, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best to ever do it, has won. It is extremely hard he to win one. a Super Bowl, but it's even harder when you don't have a quarterback. It's even harder when you start three different mediocre quarterbacks every season for a decade. When you're going to get Mark Sanchez out of the press box five years after he retired, it's impossible to win a Super Bowl. Pay whoever you can pay who is an MVP quarterback to, to come and at least give it a shot. We right now don't even give ourselves a shot when we sign the Carson Wentz's of the world. We need to at least go for it. And being scared to pay a guy, it, it, you're never going to win. We have to go for it. Go for what? I suppose you, to me, and I don't mean this insulting, you seem just detached from reality. Of the situation, wow. you can want. I understand wanting Lamar. Hell yeah, yeah. Bring, get Lamar here. Do you actually think it's happening? I mean, wasn't the question who do I want? I want him. I, think I asked who Paul. you wanted as a backup to Sam Howell. <laughs> we I changed didn't. the question, but the, <laughs> the point is, my overarching point, which I don't think anybody can disagree with, is I, I cannot hear the well. It takes a lot to get him. Argument. I want to spend every draft pick on a quarterback for as many years as we need to do until we get one. You will never win a Super Bowl in this NFL without a premier quarterback. It's nearly impossible to do that. Drafting guards and inside lineback projects and, and safeties is not going to win this team a Super Bowl. Depth is great, but I just, look at Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Nate, I love a you. one-win team and took them to the Super Bowl. It, you need stop. a quarterback. You need one. We One, we have to break. Two, I just got two different tweets. One from Ryan Ricks. One from Dwayne Rawlings telling me to hang up on you. I love you. Um, I, I, well, maybe, they're wrong, and I'm right. You need a quarterback, and we don't have one. Thank you for the time, buddy. Love you guys. All right. That's Barstool Nate. That was a wild ride. Hey, who do you want to back up Sam Howell? Go get Lamar or jump off a bridge. My man Travis say now he's being crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He go, he's just all over the place. (laughs) He say now he's getting ready to do his rant. (laughs) You know what's not crazy? You know what's not all over the place? Oh boy, working with Paul Henry and Paul Henry's window installation. 
I've worked with Paul Henry. He has completely transformed my house. New windows, new doors, great people, great customer service. You're working with a family, and it feels like you're working with family. I can text Paul if I have a problem, and he'll get back to me. It's a different level of service, and it's meant a lot to me and my family. If you call this month, you get 10% off Windows with a five-window minimum. B, I know you've worked with Paul, and it's gone great for you and your family. It's worked great for me as well. You know, Paul has done my windows. He's done doors in my house. So I'm going to be having him to come over and do some other things. And, yeah, Paul going to be having a grand opening. I have a new building coming up soon. I talked to him this morning. Oh, wow. You know, I cannot wait to uh, serve, go over there and check it out. Serving bourbon? Uh, I, I'm hoping that he has some brown. Uh, but the whole thing is Paul takes care of you. I think the customer service is second to none. Uh, they do a great job. They finish. They come in and they take care of your business a lot quicker than they would even estimate. They have to give you an estimate based on how the everybody says it would happen. But his guys come in, they're top class, they're very quick, it gets done, and then boom, they're out. And they don't leave anything junky around the house. So you can get 10% off the windows with a five-window minimum and up to $500 off doors. So contact Paul Henry's Window Installation today and tell him that B. Mitch and Finley sent you. PaulHenry'sWindows.com, your clear home improvement choice.